You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to episode number 71 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hello, dreamers. Welcome to Living the Dream. I'm your host, Rory O'Malley. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to our conversation with actors and people in show business about the ups and downs of our crazy, crazy industry. If you are enjoying these conversations, please write a review, give us a rating, and uh, tell your friends. Today, my guest is Kirsten Wyatt, who I absolutely adore. Kirsten and I have been working very closely together for the last couple of months on something called Belt the Vote. I've been talking about it on the podcast and online quite a bit. We are trying to make sure that the theater community across the country is registered to vote for the election on November 6th. So you can go to beltthevote.org and take a look at that. You can also just encourage everyone you know in the theater community to register to vote, to make sure that they're ready to make their voice heard on November 6th. Deadlines are approaching every single day. And, uh, you know, go find out if you're registered. Make sure that your voice is heard November 6th. It's so important that, especially artists, um, that you're being counted. So, Curse and I feel very strongly about that. And we have been talking with all these different uh, Broadway folks about different ways to do it. And we came up with Belt the Vote. And it has been wonderfully uh, encouraging in these crazy times to meet people like Kirsten and to have their leadership. She is a Broadway pro. She calls herself Blue Collar Broadway. I love that. She's she's a hard worker and she has been hustling on the Great White Way for um, a couple decades now. She got her start in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which is so funny because I just spoke to Alana Levine last episode. But she was an understudy, a uh, swing for, for your good man, Charlie Brown. So she has a lot of passionate views about the hard work ethic of swings and understudies. She's been in Greece on Broadway. She was just an Annie on Broadway. She's done so, so much. And she's also on the council for for Actors' Equity, our union. So I have a lot of questions to, uh, um, on that. I've never had somebody who is so knowledgeable knowledgeable about our union. So we talk a lot about that and she's a delight. You are going to absolutely love her. We also have a really exciting announcement here on Living the Dream. You know our sponsor, Gold Star, which I'm always telling you to go get tickets on their website. We're doing a 
giveaway. <laughs> We're doing like a promotion. It's really fun. It's called the $100 question giveaway where you get to ask a guest on this podcast a question and you win $100 in Gold Star cash. And all you have to do is visit Gold Star's Facebook page and look at the latest episode of my show, Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley, and comment below with the question you'd most like to ask the guest. That's it. That's all you have to do. Um, our guest will be Leslie Margarita. She's an amazing person, and I have a million questions for her, so I can only imagine that you all do too. So come up with a great question for Leslie. Go to Gold Star's Facebook page, make a comment, and... Uh, We'll pick a winner, and that winner will get to call in to the show, ask Leslie a question, and get $100 in Gold Star Cash. That's pretty cool. All right, let's listen to the conversation with Kirsten Wyatt. We're asking the Aheats, and so I just saw, I was looking at your website last night, and I saw you um, talk to Ilana Levine, who I adore. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I uh, was her understudy in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. It was my very first Broadway show. Shut yep. the front door. Yep. Oh, my gosh. It's That's crazy. Real. That's crazy. You must have been in utero. I was a baby. <laughs> you were a baby. <laughs> I was a baby at one point, and now we're old. But Yes, um, we are. But uh, but yeah, I understudied her and Kristen Chenoweth in Your Good Man, Charlie Brown. I was fresh out of school, and I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, my God. We've started, by the way. Okay, okay that's fine. Uh, that's, that has to be <laughs> So we've already begun. Hello, Kristen. Hello, Rory. Um, so you, where did you go to school? I went to school um, at the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music, a.k.a. CCM. CCMer, yes. 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 Um, so you you went to CCM, and you, but you grew up- In West Virginia. In West Virginia. Yeah. Wow. Now, how does one develop a love and passion for musical theater in West Virginia? Is it easy? Do you just go to West Virginia- Summer Music Theater, whatever that was. <laughs> West Virginia Public Theater, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I knew that I that was a really big theater, and I auditioned many times when I was in Pittsburgh. Yes. Never got Isn't it. Isn't that crazy? Um, I never they're got lost, it, but I, I know it's. <laughs> well, I know they're um, a really big deal, and that there is a musical theater scene in West Virginia. But are there a lot of theaters? Or no, no. Basically, uh, I um, I started. In the Wizard of Oz at my community theater, um, we had a really active community theater scene in Clarksburg, West Virginia when I was growing up. Um, and uh, I auditioned for a munchkin in the Wizard of Oz and uh, I got laughed. It always starts with the munchkins, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It really does. <laughs> and I heard people laugh and I was like, yeah, I can do this. I like this. Um, and uh, and so it just sort of evolved from there. I had a really active high school theater department thanks to like one teacher whose passion it was. Um, mm. and, and then by, uh, you know, also because of her, other teachers got involved. So we just, you know, would put on shows and that was really influential to me. And I had amazing dance teachers and, uh, and I just, you know, I had a really important conversation with my dad when I was like a junior and he's like, what do you think you want to do? Um, and I was like, ah, I don't know. I like, I should do something probably practical. I really like the theater thing, but maybe I should be like 
a nurse or, you know, a teacher or a doctor yeah. or something. And he was like, you know what? I think if you're going to go for it, now's the time to go for it. And I think if you're going to do it, you should audition at like the best theater schools across the country. So I support you. And so that's what we did. And lucky for me, I got into CCM. That was a long wow. answer to that. No, that was a very concise and perfect answer. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. And then you, you say luckily got in CCM. I mean, that is one of the best musical theater programs in the country. Yeah. Um, you had to have really worked very hard and be quite, what, you know, quite the triple threat. I think they have a lot of what I would call triple threats yeah. uh, at CCM. I, I, um, so you were in dance as well. Like yeah. You were, a dancer. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I would say I'm a, a, a solid mover. Oh yeah. I'm not even solid. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a soft mover. <laughs> well, I, it's just, I, I mean, um, I grew up in Cleveland, right. so I knew what CCM, I didn't even audition at CCM cause I was like, Oh no, I could never be as good of a musical theater wow. performer as the people at CCM. You know, to me, that was I think, though, you know, you know I top think, shelf. I think each school, though, has, like, when I went to CCM, I felt like, I was like, oh, this is where I feel like I can succeed. I felt at home. I felt like it was a program that was really going to um, encourage me to, to be the best I could and to cultivate my, my, my skill set. Whereas, you know, I, I auditioned at a lot of other schools and I never, they were fantastic programs, but I never quite got that same feeling. And so, you right. know, hopefully you felt that at Carnegie Mellon. I know folks who go to Michigan, they, you know, they sort of feel the same. And I think each program has its strengths and the key is right. finding, making sure your strengths match up, you know? Right. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. You make the most of whatever school you go yeah. to and that's what the, experiences did you have did you have um any like struggles while you were in school oh my god i didn't get cast for two years (laughs) wow so 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 it was a program where you have to audition for shows and you weren't getting i was not getting cast and then i was fairly certain at that time um back in the day uh they would they would ask you to leave the program at a certain point right and i was certain after my sophomore year that I was going to get asked to leave, but I did not. I actually ended up getting cast finally um, in the latter part of my sophomore year. And and then, you know, it was a journey for me too. I, I think at a certain point I realized I was just being afraid to bring myself to the work because I was too busy worrying about what other people thought about me. Um, and mm-hmm. once I was able to sort of let that go, um, and I worked really hard, you know, they uh, – I want, I really wanted to play squeaky foam and assassins at the, at school. Um, and so when oh I, Oh my God, you would, I was, be, I was going to say you would kill good. that. <laughs> That's probably the wrong, <laughs> wrong words, but yes. Yeah. Oh. But so when they announced they were doing that and I didn't get cast in the previous shows, I spent, well, all my friends were rehearsing. I spent all my time researching squeaky foam and putting in the work and learning the material and all of that good stuff. So when it was time to audition, I was like ready to go. I, I came in, uh, no pun intended guns a blazing. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think ultimately I just had to find out, I had to find my voice and that, you know, failure right. actually helped me find my voice. Well, we talk about that a lot on this podcast in, in terms of like rejection. Yeah. Um, and how, how do you, deal with it. It sounds like you are someone who just 
puts yourself into the work. And I can see that in you, especially like over the last couple of months, which we'll get into yeah. of how hard you work, that you are so passionate when you want to accomplish something, you put your entire heart and soul into mm-hmm. it. So I can imagine that if something doesn't go your way and you have to deal with rejection, that's got to sting even more because uh, I know you've put your all into it. How do you deal with that? You keep moving forward. I think I, um, I, I mean, we've, we've all dealt with rejection in this industry in one form or another on a very regular basis. Um, I wouldn't say it gets easier. I would say my tool chest for dealing with it gets bigger. Um, you know, as you get older, you're able to, I think, see a little bit more of the big picture and prioritize um, what's really important to you. Um, and I think I have an amazing bunch of supporters around me. I have an, a husband. I have more friends than I can count. Um, I have an incredibly supportive family and that certainly helps when things don't go your way, you know, but I think you just pick yourself up and you just keep moving forward. Um, and I think diversifying your life is a great way to do that so that you're not just focused on one thing that's going to make or break you. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so whether that's, you know, I teach some and like really being able to give back to my students feels um, very rewarding. Um, I am very active uh, socially in, in, in a social conscious, socially conscious way. I try to be, right. you know, as we both are, are, are I think. Um, and, you know, I have a marriage and, you know. That's always right. good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Comes in handy Comes in sometimes, handy. huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk a little bit about your teaching and about uh, your social activism because uh, we are so lucky that we've been able to work on this belt the vote yeah. and voter registration within the Broadway and theater community. Yeah. And um, I, we'll we'll talk a little more about how that all came about, but. I was so lucky because I got to volunteer at a couple of theaters to to register voters. And you put together all the volunteers <laughs> who were at these places. And when I would show up, I'd be like, oh, I would introduce myself to the other volunteer or other couple of people. And they were your students. Yeah. And they were phenomenal. Yeah. They were such lovely people who clearly admired you and were very aware of the importance of registering voters. And I thought, wow, Kirsten is not just instilling in these students the the best acting and audition technique. She's instilling in them her social awareness and what it means to be an artist, that you have to be able to have a dialogue with your community Mm -hmm. about what we need to do in the world and that we're all you know, have, have that, have that, that, uh, torch to carry, um, to, to one generation to the next. So I, that must be so important to you, um, in, in the classroom. How do you instill that in your students and inspire them? Well, I think it's, I think it is sort of, this sounds, this is going to sound ridiculous, but uh, I mean, a good actor, um, really is aware of what's going on around her, you know? and him. 
And um, and you. We you, can just use her. Okay, great. We'll just Thank use her. You. It's fine. Please. I like to this be month, inclusive. It's all about her. She. All of yes. it. Yes. Um, but uh, but you know, I think a huge part of being an artist is being really aware of what's going on around you, and yeah. and being engaged in that, and realizing that it really isn't about you; that you affect everything. And, you know, any good scene partner can tell you that, you know, any good actor can tell you that, you know, um, and, and I think any good citizen can tell you that, that the smallest gesture can have lasting consequences. Right. And, um, and I think sometimes it feels like we're not moving forward. You know, sometimes in our careers, we feel like we're not moving forward or we're not moving fast enough, but but my experience has been you take one step at a time and all of those steps equal a journey. And that's really what we're going for. Um, and so that's what I try to instill in my students, you know, not only in, in their careers, but in their lives as well. Cause it's all intertwined. It's all the same, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's definitely like when the, your life and, <laughs> Um, things aren't going well personally or something. Sometimes your art is what can like bring you yes. out of some kind of funk and vice yes. versa when your art is really bringing you down. Hopefully, like you said, your circle and your life is what can, Absolutely. can and, hold you. And I think at the end, like I think if I were to sort of encapsulate the nugget at, at, at that I think moves me is just I think I have a little – a little yellow, vibrant, shiny ball of hope, just like in the middle of me that I, yeah. I don't ever want to go away. And that's, it does, you know, sometimes it maybe not, it doesn't shine as bright, but I think it just sort of, um, the more I'm able to engage with the world around me, um, whether it's on stage or in life, like that, I, that little ball of hope just gets a little shinier. And then I hope it just sort of vibrates around yeah. out to everything else, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it, all you have to do is, is, uh, be in a room with you for people to see you're that and nice. agree with that. I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely optimistic, even when we're raging about the world. <laughs> I know that, you know, and I, I, you know, I hope to say that I could, people would say the same thing about me, I that would. there's an, an optimism or, or an energy because I at least try to start from there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. it's better it's better than sitting around and doing nothing and just bitching about it, right? Like Right. Right. Are we allowed to say that? If you can cut that out. You, you can say all the words. Yeah! All the words. Um, all the words. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's but I think that that's probably served us mm -hmm. well in life, mm -hmm. obviously having a a positive optimistic outlook, but it's definitely served us in this industry Absolutely. because Man, it, it certainly put it to the test. Yes. I mean, <laughs> right? Yes. Like, I I think I came out of, uh, you know, I came to Los Angeles first, but I definitely was like in Annie. And I see <laughs> just got here this morning, you know, like that was me when I got into this industry. And, you know, it, the whole business works very hard to, to prove that attitude wrong. Absolutely. And I just, I'm hoping that 
I can continue to find that person in myself and make sure he still exists. Absolutely. She still exists. Abs- she. Yes, whatever. I'm, I'm all about all pronouns all the time. Um, so I think that one of the ways that I've done that is when I do teach, when I do have um, a, a master class or mm-hmm. when I'm in front of students who have that kind of optimism. So do you feel that when you're teaching that you're being fed in that way oh my that God. you're able to? It's, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing. There is nothing like I've never experienced um, such uh, this kind of joy as to when like you say something, and my stu- and your student gets it, and it like immediately something clicks inside of them, and they're changed forever, and like their work improves, and and you're just like. <gasps> I helped do that. That's so exciting. I was like a small yeah. part of this person's, you know, success. Um, and that that feels really great. That feels really great. I, I want to take your class <laughs> because I, I honestly, I feel like a lot of times, you know, there's there are good teachers out there yeah. who are like, like, listen, honey. Oh, yeah. It's going to take a lot of work and you're going to be beat down by the end of this. But I can imagine for your students, it's got to be such a delight because of your positivity. And, you know, there's got to be a lot of support in that class. Yeah, there is support. And, you know, so just, just to do a a small plug, I teach at actor therapy, which is um, run by Lindsay Mendez and Ryan Scott Oliver. And I think it really does start with them though. You know, it's a very top down um, organization where like their, their attitude is very much the same, you know, they're really there to find, every person's gift, whatever that might be. Um, right. So uh, I'm happy to be a small part of that and really, um, and really like, you know, instill in each of my students that they have something to offer. Everybody has something to offer. You just got to find out what it is and, and be willing to give it, you know? So right. that's what I think. So you might've had a little bit of trouble getting cast when you got to college, but clearly things worked out as soon as you left, if you got into your good man, Charlie Brown. Yes. Um, what was that like? Oh my God. Right out of school or what, I, what was it? I literally, Rory, I just kept my mouth shut and stood in the back and watched like all of the brilliance and tried whenever I had to go on to even have a, a tiny fraction of it. Um, I think understudying. Did you? Yeah, I mean, keep going. Yeah. I, I want to know all about oh. it because I saw the show yeah. and it meant. I like I said to Alana Levine, it meant a lot to me because yes, it was a a, a kids show, mm. but it was so beautifully done, yeah. so so great. And at that moment in time, for whatever reason, it really spoke to me, especially because that cast was so stellar. So yeah. I can only imagine the awe of having to step in for, for oh my I mean it was intimidating but um but but they were all very kind to me and um I, I really do feel strongly that understudying standing by um swinging those are I really think every actor at some point should have like should do it if given the opportunity um yeah. for whatever reason those have become like dirty words in our industry and I inherently that makes me angry um, because they are uh, swings, understudies, covers, you know, standbys, ensemble. 
they are the MVPs of our industry. I don't care what anybody says. A hundred percent. They, I, I, yes. I have so much pride being in an ensemble because I know that I, I have to do everything, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I took my experience with your good man, Charlie Brown. I would, it really taught me not only how to be an understudy, but also how that company was so kind to me. So it really yeah. gave me the, the knowledge I learned from that because now, you know, I learned when an understudy goes on, I'm kind to them and, um, yeah. I'll never understand when people are, are rude to people who are literally saving their butts in the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Yes. I know. I, I, I don't get that either. I, I mean, to me, Swings, understudies are absolutely the most brilliant, talented yes, people ever. Vital. And, and and that was my Broadway debut as well, was being really? uh, um, a, well, I was standby for um, uh, in Spelling Bee. Oh, for, of course you uh, were. Barfay and, and for Coney Bear. Oh, so, yeah, I was going on for Barrett. Foa yeah. and Josh Gad. Yeah. Oh, my, my Broadway debut is my my going on for my college roommate, oh, Josh Gad. Oh my Gatt. God, how hilarious. Um, but it, yes, it's when Todd Wonapane went and and he did a show, I think it was with Jen, with Jen oh, Cody. Oh, hilarious. Such a small And world. so, he, yeah, he took a leave and I um, I you was there in. for like four months. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Going on as an understudy for the first time is one of the most terrifying slash exhilarating things. My yeah. Broadway debut was going on for Kristen Chenoweth and the audience literally like groaned when they found out she wasn't there. I was backstage and BD Wong was like, it's okay. Welcome to Broadway. I was like, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember anything about it except like, I remember being finished with it and smiling really big. I have no memory of oh. actually what happened, but it was very special. And that company was super kind to me and I'll never forget their kindness. That's what everyone says when they talk about going on for the first time, especially as as an understudy. What do you think that, where do we go in our minds when we can't remember any of it? Like, what is, can you p describe that feeling? I think it's like adrenaline. I literally, I actually yeah. think it might be sort of like being so present in the moment that right. like all you have is that moment and then it just goes away. And and yeah. you're just skating by on adrenaline and um, it's like hyper awareness almost. Um, yeah. I, I, I certainly remember other parts of, you know, I've been an understudy a few times, uh, you know, so I certainly remember yeah. other times, but that first time I, I remember before and I remember directly after, but anything about being on stage, I have no recollection of. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy feeling. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> uh, so, so what happened after your good man Charlie Brown? Then I got to. Um, I went on again with my little uh, understudy swing journey. I was hired as the vacation swing at Urinetown, the musicale, and then oh I eventually re replaced my very good friend Jen Cody um, in the cast uh, as Little Becky Two Shoes. Um, and and then such a fun role, such, a, such an amazing. I role. know. I loved that show. I loved doing that show, and I loved being with that company too. Um, and then from there, you know, I've been really fortunate. I I've done the Broadway many times. I've done, and then I work regionally a lot. And every once in a while, you know, turn on your television and don't blink, but I might be there. 
Yeah. You know? What do, what do you feel like the, the differences in those two worlds, TV versus Broadway? Um, is? well, there's, I miss the audience on the TV. Yeah. Um, mm. I, it's really, comedy is really hard on the TV if you don't have a live audience. Um, right. Because you're like, is this funny? I don't know. What was happening? Yeah. I have no idea. Um, right. Especially when you were the munchkin, you heard some laughs. Exactly. That's what sparked it. So you're like, where are the laughs? Yeah. Like, is, is am I landing this? If you do yeah. make the camera people laugh, you you know you're probably doing well. Um, right. But yeah. They're not going to laugh yeah. for just anything. But no, I love theater is where my heart is. And and uh, and I uh, I hope to get back to the Broadway very soon. We'll see. Well, well I saw you in a production of Grease. Oh, yeah. Probably. Three or four times. <laughs> I, I think I really think it was that because I saw you know our our mutual friend Anna White mm-hmm. and uh, she w- I worked with her for years and so she would go on as different roles. Yes, but um, I I've got to see you and that that was such an amazing cast. That's actually right when I moved to New York yes. from Los Angeles too. So I think that was another reason why I saw it multiple times. But that was a. a crazy thing you were a part of that show and it was coming out of a reality yes. tv show on tv yeah. and of course it's uh max and laura, laura two yeah. are wonderful wonderful people um what was that like being a part of a broadway company um and, and kind of like accepting these two new TV stars. Yeah. Well, you know, the cool thing about that company was that there were so many young people. It was, uh, I think in that show, we had 14 Broadway debuts. So that's wow. like more than half the company. Um, that was Lindsay Mendez's Broadway debut as well. Was. It was. Yeah. It was. Right. Hilariously. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so I think that sort of set the tone for everything, you know, Max and Laura were so lovely and wonderful, but we just, I mean, everybody was new and excited and we just swept it all in and it became part of the experience that there was a bunch of like young, new talent on Broadway. And um, yeah, yeah, it was a really interesting, fun show to do. Yeah. I mean, it was, it it was, it was, uh, I don't know. I think that's probably why I have such a, vivid memory of it is because there was so much energy coming from it and excitement. And when I got to the city, I remember every single show that I saw and knew that you guys were so excited and I was excited too. (laughs) You guys performed on the Tony Awards. Oh my God. What was that? It was that experience. It was so, it's the only time I've ever done the Tonys actually. And all the years I've been in New York and all the shows I've done. Um, that's the only time I was exhilarating. Like you don't realize how big radio city music hall is until you like walk out onto that stage and it's like breathtaking. (gasps) Oh my God. It's a ridiculous amount of seats. Um, yeah, (laughs) yes. I had no idea. It's a football field of seats. It really is so much fun, but it's huge. Yeah. You, you've had, you've had, um, so much success and you've been able to uh work in so many different in so many different ways from the get-go mm-hmm. but i know there's there's times where you're not working yeah. and we've talked about like having you know how you deal with rejection yeah. and, and having a solid foundation of life um how do you deal with you have so many close friends in this business yeah. how do you deal with uh jealousy uh-huh. or comparing yourself to other people we talk about this all the yeah. time here because you can have the greatest friends in the world in this business and not be employed and see them excelling yeah. and be so excited for them, but 
it's only human to be like scared for yourself yeah. because of their success. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Um, I focus on, you know, this is going to sound completely lame, but you can't compare yourself to everybody else, right? Like everybody has right. their own journey. Apples and oranges are different. Both are delicious. Um, mm. And an apple can't be an orange and an orange can't be an apple, like no matter how hard they try. So I focus on admiring and supporting. I mean, listen, my best friend just won a Tony Award, right? Uh, but yeah. it was one of the most exciting moments, I'm sure, of her life, but also of my life. I'll take a little credit for it too. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and I... I was, um, I really was like sort of searching myself. I'm like, am I, am I jealous at all? And you know what? I'm not, which is yeah. weird and freeing to be like, oh, I don't, I'm just, I can be 100% just happy and ecstatic and thrilled for her. Lindsay, uh, Mendez is yeah, who I'm talking about. Right. And, um, <laughs> um, and and I don't feel like people's successes take away from anything from me, right? Like, right, right. We have. I don't know. I I feel like you don't lose anything. You know, there isn't a there isn't a, a finite amount of success or love or joy in the world. It's it's bottomless, right? If you think right. of it that way. So someone else's success isn't taking anything away from yours. Um, right. And, uh, and so I think, oh, and, and trust me though, I've definitely felt like why, when me, when is it my turn? How about me? You know? Um, yeah. but I think, I don't know, you just have to not wallow in that and realize that, you know, you're, you're worth it. And, um, when the time is right, um, you will have whatever you need to, right. um, continue. Right. I mean, I, I think that, you know, for me, it's a, it's a matter of <clears throat> experience in this business and realizing that other people's success is not your failure. Yeah. <clears throat> and that, you know, it's much easier to be happy for the people you love. So just Absolutely. love people, <laughs> like love, like you it's know so that. It's much easier. The, and, and also I've found that those people in those, in that moment, they need you. Like your loved ones, it, it's, it's a, it, it's a, it's a wonderful moment or it's a, you know, a successful job that somebody gets. It's great, but it's also very scary. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it's important to remember that there are challenges to success as well. Absolutely. And need you. Can I say and one more helpful. thing, which is yeah, that please. I don't think, uh, listen, I've been around I've, I've, I moved to New York in 1997, right? And, and I've worked uh -huh. steadily and I've seen a lot of things. And the one thing I notice is that no matter what sort of echelon of success you're on in our business, I don't think it ever gets easier. I don't right. think, you know, I know, I know people who have a ridiculous amount of success in the, this business. And guess what? They're sitting around for their, waiting for their agents to call them just like I am. Yeah. And yeah. It, 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 they're really, there really isn't – there are very few people in this industry whose career arcs straight up. You know, it's right. full of dips and valleys no matter who you are. Right. And um, 
yeah, I just, that's also something I always keep in mind. It's like, there are peaks and valleys to every, every career and, um, that no matter what. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the reason I started this Mm -hmm. is because I, I, I truly felt that people, especially young people thought that if you get through the threshold of your Broadway debut, then it's just up, 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 up from there. And just, you know, you try to like figure out which next Broadway show you'll be in. Yeah. You decide from, you know, it's it's so different from what you think it is on the outside. Absolutely. And I've always felt better when I have honest conversations with fellow actors and people in the business. So, you know, that's why I'm, I'm I have these conversations yeah. to have them publicly to say like, oh yeah, we're all on this journey. So it's scary for all of us. Mm -hmm. It's great for all of us. It's hard, but I totally agree that no matter where you are on your journey of your career, Mm -hmm. there are scary days. There are difficult days and there are great days. There are great days when you're waiting on tables and you're auditioning to uh, be on on Broadway. And there are awful days after you've won your Oscar or Tony yep. and you don't know what your next job's going to yep. be. That is just, both of those things are Absolutely. Um, so something else that we always talk about here and, you know, we, we're starting a revolution. Yes, we are. <laughs> Me and you. We are, we're, 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 the reason that we've been um, talking so much in the last couple of months is because an election is coming up mm-hmm. and, uh, November 6th and everyone needs to be registered to vote ASAP. and um, they absolutely have to have to have to be registered to vote um, and that has been very important to you and I well I guess we should just like finally just talk about yeah. it so I uh, J- my husband Gerald and I wanted to do something positive because we were so down in the dumps about the world mm-hmm. and so we reached out to Broadway Cares about putting together a uh, social media um, a movement called Belt the Vote instead of Rock the Vote. And um, the folks, our friends over there at, at Broadway Care said, well, Kirsten Wyatt is putting together a voter registration table at the flea market. Mm-hmm. You should connect with her. And I was like, oh my God, I love her. <laughs> and it's that was like, what, back in July, yes. you know? And ever since then, we have been trying to figure out the best way to motivate the theater community to register voters. Um, And it has been fantastic. And I just have to say, I want to say it publicly, privately, wherever I can, that your work on this has shown me that you are a wonderfully passionate, dedicated human being for our community and and for the country. And I'm so inspired by you. And I'm so glad that this has uh, made us closer and that I've gotten to know you better. But your your work on it and how much you've thrown yourself into it and just been a leader has been so inspiring. Well, so and right back at you. I mean, this would not be possible without you and Gerald. So, you know, your passion is is equal, if not exceeding mine. So hooray. I'm glad that we're working together, you know, because it takes a village. Yes, it it does. And I think that um, someone was asking me like, well, how did this happen? And I was like, I don't know. You know, know. like you, 
you don't know when you when you start to say you want to make a change mm-hmm. to do something you don't need to know how yeah. or or really have a lot of uh, a skill sets yeah we have zero <laughs> you, skills yeah yeah <laughs> you, you i think that people are always waiting for somebody else who's more equipped yeah. to to make a change or to spark the conversation Agreed. but um it really just takes wanting to make a, a change or or reaching out yeah. to like-minded people and saying what can we do well, what small thing can we do yeah. because after you grab more people and it just Absolutely. snowballs into something bigger and you know i mean kudos to broadway cares right like yes. that because they really are in our industry this source of um goodness and connection and you know how fortuitous is it that you and i both went to them because of course we did right that's where we go when we want to do right um when we want to do good in our community every you always right. go to broadway cares and thank goodness for tom viola and everybody over there who connected us yeah no it's i think that we don't take it for granted um broadway cares in our in our no. theater community but I don't think we realize how unique it is to the entertainment industry that, you know, people in Hollywood are like, wait, what is Broadway Cares? What is that? You know, like, is there anything comparable to that in LA or in in other industries? And I just don't see it where all these different companies are raising money for one organization Mm -hmm. That has the power to make such a huge difference. Difference, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they they raise probably like eleven, twelve, definitely over ten million dollars a Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And give out um, grants and 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 money to over four hundred organizations all across the country. Yes. And whenever there has been a need for a, a charity or for something like voter registration mm-hmm. to start an initiative. When Gavin Creel and Jenny Canels and I went, to, we went to Tom Viola and Broadway Cares and said, we need to do something about marriage equality. Mm-hmm. They stepped up immediately yes. and they're always, they're always there. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're very lucky. We are. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky in that way. And so when we said, you know, can we do something about voter registration? Mm-hmm. It was like, yes, Done. what do you need? How do yeah, like let's make connections of people. Mm-hmm. And you guys did a voter registration at the Broadway flea market. Mm-hmm. I went back to LA before we got to that, but <sighs> you had such success there. It looked like so much fun. I had total FOMO. <laughs> it was really exciting. You know, it's so for folks maybe who don't know what the flea market is, it's uh, a huge fundraiser. Um, for Broadway Cares and basically shows and organizations take over, I think, 44th and 45th Street and Schubert Alley um, in New York City. And they just sell. It's like a giant yard sale. It's hilarious. Yeah. Tyne Daly has her own booth and she just sells things. Um, there, you know, does she do that every I year? I think she does. I I saw that and I was like, oh, Tyne Daly has a booth, and I was like, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but anyway, so uh, Broadway Cares let us. You know, they said absolutely, let's do this voter registration table at the flea market. And what was amazing about Aurora is that there were so many young people who who love Broadway and who were so ready to step up and register. I mean, I think we probably registered thirty or forty 
new voters um, that day alone, which was really incredible. Not to mention just having people like checking their registration. And we even were able to like get a few absentee ballots sent out to folks, you know, things like that. So, um, and then we had this this giant banner that was just like our sign, you know, it was like voter registration. And I had, uh, I had the idea the night before, um, I was like, well, a lot of people probably are going to say that they're registered. So how do we get them engaged? And um, so what we did is uh, we just had them sign our banner uh, sort of as a commitment to vote uh, in this election yeah. coming up and not to forget and to show up at the polls. And, you know, we told them it wasn't a binding legal agreement, but. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so smart. So yeah. smart. Kristen, you are, that's like what a good leader is. They're not just passionate, but they are able to give actions yes. to uh, the, the community. I, I always found like when we were doing stuff for marriage mm-hmm. equality, that that's the hardest part. Yes. You ha- you can find passionate people, but what do you do with them? Right. Where, where do you affect change? Where do you, how do you utilize that energy? Absolutely. And uh, more than once since we've been talking about voter registration, you've come up with such <laughs> great ideas. And I think that, um, you know, I've, I've said it to you privately. I'm going to say it on the podcast. I'll be on whatever campaign for whatever you're running for at any time. I think that you have a, a very uh, natural gift well, of, of leadership. Um, a lot of that also you are, you're just involved in the community. And, and it's in such a positive way. One of the ways that you're involved is with Actors Equity Association, yes. our union. Yes. And I don't think that I've really talked to someone who's as knowledgeable about the stage union as you. Oh. So I, I, I know. I don't think I've really gone that, Well, let me it. just tell um, you right now, there are a lot of people who know a lot more than me. So we're going to hook you up with them as well. Well, but I think that, you know, like, I, I mean, like, not, I don't need to get into the weeds. No, no, of but, course. <laughs> but, but, like, what brought you to be so involved in the union and why is it important to you? Well, I grew up in a union household, first and foremost. My teacher, my parents are teachers. Um, and so they, uh, I grew up in West Virginia, as we mentioned before. Um, and, uh, and they were active members of, of the teachers union. And, and I really saw firsthand, um, that, all work has dignity, right? I mean, that's the basis right. of, of a union. And, um, and I got involved with Actors' Equity. You know, it's a union I was able to join when I was straight out of school. Um, and, uh, and I saw very quickly that it's a lot easier to stand with people, with a, a giant, you know, group of people who all believe the same thing than it is to fight for yourself alone. Right. And, um, and so I, uh, I started getting involved in the union and, um, and, and, uh, it, 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 we're artists and we're so lucky, um, to have the voices that we have. And, you know, I feel a lot of times people are like, well, you get to do what you love, you know, so lucky you. And somehow they hold that against us. Um, and I think the union, part of what the union does is it steps in, we step in because the union is us, right? We step in and we say, yes, we get to do what we love, but you have to 
treat us with dignity. And by treating us with dignity, that means you have to pay us a fair wage. You have to provide safe and sanitary working conditions. You are not allowed to leave us in the middle of Iowa. If our show closes, you have to, you know, get us back to where we belong or that happened to George M. Coham back in the day. That's a, that's an old story, but, um, but yeah, you know, I think fundamentally we are workers and, um, and we deserve all the rights that an employee deserves. Um, you know, we have a lot of labor, issues that are happening right now, right? Like the fight for a $15 minimum wage, you know, you know, we look at, I mean, I'll just call out Amazon, right? The richest company, one of the richest companies in the world with the richest man in the world leading it. And they don't pay their workers a living wage. I think they actually just said they would pay them $15 an hour, but I think there are strings attached that I'm not a fan of. I won't get into the weeds. Um, But, you know, just like that idea, and I really do think we are, I think we are the middle class, right? I don't consider myself a a Broadway star. I consider myself a journeyman actor. I call myself Broadway blue collar. Um, I am fortunate to make my living doing this. And the way I'm able to make my living is because my union ensures that I have enough benefits and uh, the working conditions so that I can maintain um, a middle-class lifestyle. And so I think that's something that we all deserve. I remember, um, I remember someone telling me this story that there was a meeting and a a meeting of producers and and some people and they were saying, uh, I think actors are getting paid well enough. I heard of someone who just bought a house. I know. (laughs) And they were, and everyone was like, what's wrong with that? Like, isn't that the goal of life? Actors buying houses? To... How dare yes. we? How dare yes. we even like, dream? Like, like that there was some kind of, uh, you know, like it was a luxury yeah, item. I, I reject the, I reject the starving artist um, yeah. paradigm that, that has been created for us. And quite frankly, that we proliferate um, a lot as artists. So I'd like us to stop doing that, <laughs> please. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I love, that blue collar Broadway. Yeah. That is, you know, because really, because most of Broadway is blue collar Broadway. Absolutely. Most of Broadway is, is not, you know, you know, just taking different offers or just going from their uh, hit TV show and doing like three right. months on Broadway. Right, right. <laughs> most of Broadway is made up of, of, of middle-class working Performers. Right, who once that job ends have no idea where their next job is going to be come from, right? Exactly, and and exactly. that's the reality of it. So, um, yeah, so that we we deal with a lot of instability. So, I think at the very least, our employers should be paying us what we're worth when we are working. You said something else that I think is really important when you said that the union, and then you said us, we are the mm-hmm. union. A lot of times, I mean, I know you've heard this that actors complain about the union. like the union isn't doing this oh yeah well, what good is the union mm-hmm. and i want to say well what was the last union meeting you were at absolutely because <laughs> you know you are the union yes we when you're complaining about the union we're complaining about ourselves yeah 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 absolutely and you know i think i think it's a two-way street you know i think that that 
Actors' Equity Association has, in the past few years, has has really ramped up their communications and 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 really um, uh, uh, been better about messaging to to our membership. However, I think sure. we can do even better. Um, on the the flip side of that is, I think that our members um, have been great, better about letting us know what their issues are. Um, yeah. By us, I mean I sit on the council. Um, I, I'm an elected, uh, um, and I sit on like the governing body of of our union. Um, there are like 83 people who volunteer their time to to help create policy that governs the union. Right. So the way that we do that right. is by being able to listen to our members and um, and really uh, enacting the change that they want to see. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean it's. It's so important, and I feel like the the union definitely has done a better job about um, messaging and also like having access to things online. Absolutely, being able, you know, the website's better. Yeah. A lot has a lot has improved. Yeah, it's a slow but sh- steady pr- uh, progress, I think. But you know, ultimately, it's up to us, the membership. There are fifty one thousand members of Actors Equity Association all across the, the the country, and ultimately, it is up to us to be the union that we want to be. And Right. As far as I'm concerned, we are a labor union, you know, and we we fight for uh, workers for our workers' rights and and equality right. within the our industry. So, how how do you uh, suggest to people to get more involved in the union, whether mm-hmm. they're union or what about like non-union actors? I'm sure there's a lot of people listening I, who aren't union yet. Absolutely, I think our future members. Um, I think there's sometimes people feel like they're less than because they're not union. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I see Mm. these young people as the future of our union. And so, um, you know, treat your craft, treat it like an artist, but also treat it like a worker. Um, and, and honor some, a lot of times I've worked in situations where it's a mix of union and non-union folks, and um, I always really enjoy talking to our future members of, you know, and and answering their questions. And I think joining a union, you know, there's a time and a place for everyone. And that's a really personal decision. So it's something that everybody has to make for themselves. Right. Um, so I would never want to pressure anyone. But I'm I'm always happy to answer questions. You are welcome to reach out to me. Um, and I will be happy to, um, to answer any questions or listen to any concerns from any actor union or non-union, um, right. cause we're all the same. Right. I, I feel like, you know, a lot of times when people are trying to make that decision of when to make the leap of, you know, becoming union or not, mm-hmm. when you have the option and if you're feeling like you are want to, to, to delay mm-hmm. it. To become union mm-hmm. or what have you, I say either you're doing this or you're mm-hmm. not. <laughs> either you know, like you gotta go with it, mm-hmm. or you're, or you're, or this is a hobby. Yeah. And I am very pro union. Yeah. And I, you know, my I, my mom was an accountant, but she was a single mom whose whose father uh, was a, a part of a union. Mm-hmm. And when our teachers went on strike, mm-hmm. when I was in public school, mm-hmm. she wouldn't let me cross the picket mm-hmm. line for a month. Mm-hmm. 
And so I would stay home by myself and not cross the picket line. And it really instilled in me the importance of worker right, workers rights. Absolutely, um, and and one, you know, I I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday, and um, you know, she was saying that uh, she worked with some some younger union members this summer, and um, you know that they would uh, work through their breaks. So in 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 our contracts, we have um, negotiated breaks. You can't you you either take a break after fifty five minutes for five minutes, or you take a break after an hour and twenty minutes for ten minutes. And she was working with uh, a bunch of young people who would work through their breaks. And finally, she was like, "Listen, uh, we gave up something at the negotiating table so that you could take this break. So do me a favor and take it." Because when you don't take it, you're not only hurting yourselves, you're hurting all of us. Because then producers see, hey, they they can do it. It's fine. What's the big deal? You know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh, it's again kind of going back to the to the beginning of what we started talking about, which is that your actions affect not only yourself but everything around you. We have a ripple effect that no gesture, however however how small, really does have impact. So you just have to be conscious yeah. of that, you know. Um, we've uh, we talk a lot about uh, about body image, yeah. and especially for women, for men too. That it's it's uh, so difficult, and like you know, how do you stay positive uh, about um, yourself yeah. and, and a career in in general? But I feel like in talking to you, I'd like to talk more about just like being a woman in business mm-hmm. in this, you know, because, um, you know, we're both feminists and yeah. I'm feeling very, very aware of the conversation nationally. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I want to hear from women in mm-hmm. my industry mm-hmm. about how I can support women better, mm-hmm. how women's voices can be heard mm-hmm. and, um, just your thoughts on, on the issue. Well, I think, um, there are so many ways our industry tends to um, minimize women, whether it's by our looks, our age, the color of our skin, um, our body size. You know, we sort of, um, I think we're at a crossroads. <laughs> I'm going to get a very feminist here, where we have the opportunity to um, topple the patriarchy of show business, you know? Um, And it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to be quick. Um, It's going to be a really slow process, but I think it really does start with us women and our allies um, supporting and amplifying each other's voices. And, you know, I notice even with myself that I carry – because I'm a certain woman, right? I'm a character woman. I am 43 years old. I am not as skinny as I used to be. I've got a little bit of gray hair. I've seen wrinkles on my skin. And I've never been like the beauty queen woman, right? And I have noticed I carry um, some resentment toward the women who are young and skinny and beautiful and all of that. And I realized that the other day. I was like, you know what? That's not fair. That's not fair. And, um, and I, as a woman need to support every single woman in this industry. Um, and 
yeah, I don't know what else to say about it other well, than like, I, I, it, yeah. Go ahead. I think that that's interesting, and I know what specifically what you're saying because in women supporting women, it has to also take into account like there are younger women who yeah. <laughs> who you need to not you know yeah be negative towards because of who they are. No, they're they should and be. even if they're naive or whatever they are because they're brand new. Absolutely, and that's you know they have to be supported. We are too. we are all in the same. We're playing the same game. Like let's play it together. You know, right. I will also say I um. I think diversity in casting um, and diversity in voices we choose to produce um, right. really is important right now. You know, I I I loved going to see Come From Away because mm. that was a group of people on stage who just looked like people. You know, right. and um, and and there were all shapes and sizes and colors and, 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 you know, vibes and all of that stuff. It was, it was really wonderful to see, you know, I, um, I, I, I really think that it's important to really consider like, who are you putting on the stage right now? And we, we are done with having, this isn't necessarily only about women, but it is about diversity. You know, Mm -hmm. gone is the time where we, our stage must reflect the world that we live in. I, I can't say that enough. Um, right. So you, when you are looking at casting a show, please consider that, you know? Yeah. It, we need to reflect the world that we live in. End of story. Like, full stop. Done. Right. And I think that's what audiences are craving is to see a mirror image of the reality of what the world is. Absolutely. And, and uh that takes a little bit of creativity. And when you take that chance, like look at Hamilton. Yes. When you take that chance, you will be rewarded. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, uh, you know, to talk a little bit more about um, young performers, yeah. it's funny you say that because I I found myself doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I think we're pretty damn lucky to have survived in this business yeah. <laughs> long enough to see an, a new generation. Yes. Of people, and I th- I know that what's been great for you is that you have like students yeah. that you can see, you know, be inspired by. Sometimes when I'm looking at uh, uh, someone just showing up, like I said, like that that like me NYC just got mm-hmm. here this morning. morning. Yeah. You know, when I see that, I can be pessimistic and say like, "Well, you just wait. Yeah. This industry's gonna hit yeah. you." <laughs> you know, and that's not the right attitude like it's not it shouldn't just because it has been hard for us in certain ways doesn't mean that we should pass on that difficulty to the next generation um that we can support each other and empower each other ultimately right like i think that's yeah nobody nobody gets in this business because we think it's going to be easy you know so i think you have a choice to either you know um be pessimistic about it or, or, or spread a little joy, which as we mentioned, costs you nothing. Right. Well, I think that is, um, spreading joy is a talent Mm. and you are extremely talented. Thank you. I think that you have, um, a a gift for that and so many other things. And, you know, once again, I just 
want to say how much of a leader I think you are and how I'm so grateful for all the work that you do you. in our community and on the union and for workers and for voters, um, everything you've done for voters. Yes. Yeah. Like you, you've been so amazing Thank and I've you. learned so much from you and, you know, hopefully this is just the beginning Excellent. of, of really bringing awareness around voter registration and voting in elections. Yes. For, I can't wait for to see what community. we do next, Rory. Yeah, Yay. it'll be fun. Um, I adore you. Thank I you adore so much you for too. Doing this. Thank you for asking me. This is so much fun. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.